From the brilliant minds of Hipster at Home, you're listening to We Should Start a Band, a podcast about the trials and tribulations of being suitably hipster. Welcome back to We Should Start a Band, a podcast brought to you by the Hipster at Home team. I'm Retro Denim Jacket, and I am joined by Heritage Avocado Toast and Cold Brew Kombucha. Today, we're discussing pretentious food. Let's dig in. <laughs> it makes me giggle every time. I'm sorry. How do you, you giggle every time? I don't know, because she says, let's dig in. <laughs> dig into food. It's a food pun. <laughs> we all saw it coming. <laughs> well, at any rate, before we tuck into today's topic, <laughs> we do have a couple administrative points and follow-ups from last week's episode. Yes. Is it last week's? The previous episode. Yes. Yeah, the previous episode. Previous episode. So, question number one. Have you gotten any almond-targeted ads? No. Instead, my suggested ads, probably based on Google Analytics, was for tomahawk steaks, camouflage menswear, and cookery. Well, it got the food thing right, so that's nice. I assume you're supposed to use all of these things at the same time. Oh... You you cook your tomahawk steak on your new skillet while wearing camo. That's the vibe. I was going to put the steak in the camo so no one so can find no one, it. Oh, so no one else can find your steak. <laughs> yeah. Secret steak. It's my meat. <laughs> nobody, nobody but me can touch my meat. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that happened. That's PG. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family-friendly, yeah. Wow. Context matters. <laughs> But anyway, no, right. no, no, no nuts targeted ahead. <laughs> Just meat. <laughs> We're such small children. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, second question was about the coconut whipping cream. Did it so, work? We've not tried the coconut whipping cream yet because it needs to sit in the fridge for two hours, which we've not gotten around to. However, we did try the oat milk ice cream. The chocolate oat milk ice cream. How'd it go? So delicious. Chocolatey. It's pretty good. Yeah, creamy. Yeah, it makes your teeth a little filmy like full fat cream would do. Yeah. Or clotted cream. Yeah, it's real creamy. Yeah, yeah. But definitely would eat again. Would make a sundae out of it. That sounds like a win in my book. Yes. Highly recommend. And I think oat milk ice cream is probably suitably pretentious. Yes. That makes the list. Yes. Well, actually, we have another follow-up that may or may not be on the list, but it was the oat and barley milk. Oh, yes. As to whether I'd actually tried it. Well, I have tried it now, and the barley makes a world of difference. Yeah, that's delicious. Okay. Not a hint of oat, really, which is good. That's awesome. Yeah. And it tastes sweet, because he actually did ask me, like, oh, does it have sugar? And we looked, and it does not have sugar. Nice. But it does taste sweet. We love a little bit of sweetness without all the nasty stuff. I think diving into the pretentious thing, too, because, you know, on the first point that we had had written in our notes that we never follow, but we do make them. <laughs> we try so hard. We try. Was, is it Instagram worthy? And I will say that the first thing I did when I opened the oat milk uh, ice cream container was Instagram the top label because it has a goofy little pretentious statement on it. I mean, Instagram is one of the very 
instantaneous bars that I can think of for whether a food is pretentious or not. Oh, for sure. Are you posting it? Yeah. Does it look good? Yes. Is it plated? Yeah. If you are eating a food and you don't feel the need to take a photo of it, it's probably not pretentious. True, but I I think the very fact of taking a picture and posting it raises the pretentious value of that item by just a little bit anyways. Oh, are there values? Are we ranking pretentiousness? I think that's too complicated. (laughs) I think, though, yeah, there's probably different levels of pretension. Hmm. Taking a picture of a food, I, I think I could see what you're saying. Taking a picture of food, sticking a filter on it. You've upped the level of pretentious. So you can take a regular like peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but if you stick the Brooklyn filter or whatever on top of that, it's suddenly a very pretentious peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We're only talking unsweetened whole nut peanut butter, right? Yeah. Organic peanut butter, of course. You mean the... Okay. So just peanut butter. There's no other... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just peanuts. Or, Or almond butter. You could put almond butter. Or walnut butter. Haven't tried walnut butter. It's delicious. It's very, very good. Especially, ooh, I put it on bula bread. Oh. Actually, I toasted the bula bread. That makes sense. And then put walnut butter on top of it. Mm. Delicious. That sounds good. It did go on Instagram. Quick shameless plug. If you're looking for a recipe for bula bread, you can find it on the blog, hipsterathome.co.uk. But yes, I've not tried the walnut butter. I have, despite all of our statements last week about cashews. I have tried cashew butter because I bought it by accident. I had gone to buy almond butter and it was on sale. So I thought, well, I'll get two jars of it while it's on sale because we can put one in the cupboard. Then I got home and realized that one of them was cashew. Oh dear. So I brought it to work and kept it at work. That's good. Kill your colleagues, not me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As far as I know, none of my colleagues are allergic to cashew, but I also wasn't sharing with them. I always wonder about that because I am a constant consumer of peanut butter. And is that a problem when I go out and about? I have no idea. Well, are you rubbing it on people? Not usually. Probably safe then. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure what the risk is to the average passerby. Are you breathing heavily on them? (laughs) New new serial killer. (laughs) Peanut butter fingers. <laughs> Comes in the middle of the night and wipes <laughs> peanut butter wipes on your body. On you. <laughs> oh, the true crime drama on that would get sticky. <laughs> wow. Get out. We're just here for the cheap jabs today. <laughs> uh, so, apart from using spreadable nuts as uh, weapons of murder, I do think that walnut butter is definitely the most pretentious one we've covered so far. That's just in another league. Yeah. Almond, peanut, that's too too. Almond butter, I I would say that at this point, almond butter is probably on par with peanut butter, or at least an organic whole nut peanut butter, because you can go to like Pret and get their almond butter with apples, which is really tasty, but that's pretty mainstream at this point. Actually, I do have a short hipster story. (laughs) All right. So the reason I had walnut butter is that a family member of mine went to a wedding and the wedding gifts were various butters and walnut butter was one of them. That is fantastic. So what were the (laughs) other butters? Almond, peanut, and there was, I think there was one other, there may have been cashew, but they picked up the walnut butter and it was fantastic. I'd like to try it. Yeah, I would have picked it up. I'd try it. Maybe we should make some. Try and make walnut butter. You're going to macerate some walnuts on the weekend? Yeah, why not? 
I always wonder how they get the oil into it, because if you just grind up nuts, you kind of lose a lot of the oil on the surface you're grinding it up on. So how do they how do they keep it spreadable? But peanut butter does separate. Yeah. You know, like the organic stuff, you have to stir it. That's why I'm always stabbing it violently with a knife every time I take it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dirty an extra spoon. No, not worth it. Maybe the research department could look up if you have to add extra oil. Oh, I'm on like 20% battery. I don't think it'll make it for that one. Research department. <laughs> Budget cuts. <laughs> <laughs> so first the development gets cut, and now it's the research department too? And now it's the research department too. God. Oh, well. Times are hard. <laughs> now, what about other butters? Not nut butters, but apple butter, pumpkin butter. Oh, my God. I love apple butter and pumpkin butter. Same. I think apple butter's been around for ages, at least. But I, I still think it's pretentious. I think it was pretentious and still is. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, a, it's not a new new fad. Every autumn, my parents would make batches of apple butter. Oh, my gosh. Your and then make the apple butter. Yes. Yeah. And, then would can, and then would can them. That's even more hipster. So that we would have it for the rest of the year. I'm pretty sure they used to give them to other family members as well. I feel like we've had some at some point. I was going to say, you guys must have gotten a jar. Yeah. Jig is up. Two of us are related. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Everyone's shocked. We'll just keep dropping subtle hints as to how we're all connected until somebody can work it out. Yeah. Post in the comments when you figure it out. First one to figure out the relationships between the three of us wins uh, a tub of homemade apple butter. <laughs> well, I don't know if I want to. Yes. We, 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 we really shouldn't offer food as, a, as an incentive no. for anything. If we ship that, that'd be problematic. Speaking of shipping, obviously, uh, we, we live in the United Kingdom, and it's, it's difficult to get some little Debbie snacks, certain types. Uh, you know the oatmeal cream pies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found a, a bargain on eBay. It was £3.46 for eBay. a box of like 12. Mm-hmm. And the shipping was 20, 20 pounds to get it over here. <laughs> what a markup. Yeah, yeah. The actual product itself was reasonably priced. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not an awful price for... It's a bit expensive for a little Debbie. So if you buy 20 of them, say, does that mean that you get like cost of shipping just kind of goes across all of the product? Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know. But I don't think you want 20 of those, but just as a... A thought. You say this. They're like well, my favorite snack. But I was going to say, are they like <laughs> Twinkies? Will they just last forever? Probably. Will uh, they be what gets us through nuclear winter? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> live, on, live on little Debbie snack cakes. <laughs> and that would make them hipster, I think, if during the nuclear winter... We're on the rooftop dining on little Debbie snacks and apple butter. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we could make them. We could make them pretentious. One of our favorite shows, actually, is Make It Fancy from Tasty mm-hmm. with Rie. And she is an inspiration when it comes to taking really basic American foods and making them pretentious. And I think we could channel her and and do something with the little Debbie snack cakes. Yeah, it's a good show. Listeners, you should check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Highly recommend. Yeah, that uh, gradient cheesecake made with jello was beautiful. Yep. The candy corn macarons. Mm. Finding way to use candy corn. And we just watched the most recent one. Spoiler alert, it's Lunchables Pizza. <laughs> 
I miss those. Is that bad? I know, like, they're terrible for you. I know there's 8 million preservatives in there, but... So this is one of the things that came up, is that she asked, was this a normal lunch thing for American children? And the producer said, well, it was more of a special lunch. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about that, because it's true. It was a special lunch. I know they marketed it as a, this is your replacement lunchbox. Yeah. But it was only ever a treat, really. I don't remember... I remember having them, but I don't actually know if mom and dad were the ones who purchased them or if it was somebody else. And the most ridiculous thing for me thinking about it now is that at family gatherings and stuff, we have prosciutto and soppressata and like cheese mm-hmm. and really fancy crackers, but the cheese and ham Lunchables were a treat. Yes. And the fact that they're perfectly cut to fit the cracker. Mm-hmm. Genius. Not that I don't appreciate cutting my own cheese. Shout out to my brother for giving us those lovely cheese knives with mermaids on them. Oh my gosh, they're gorgeous. Yeah. Speaking of things that add a level of pretentiousness. <laughs> yes. How you serve it. Well, uh, mermaid knives. Mermaid knives. On a board. Everything on a board. Mm-hmm. Get rid of plates. Yeah. Down with plates. We don't have any mermen. No. They're, they're both maids. You're right. I think they're maids anyway. Yeah. We should, probably the, look, we should probably look for some mermen. That works. To go with them. I mean, really, we've... Mostly just got Disney's interpretation on it. Well, Mm -hmm. then there's the fantasy realms, of course. I'm okay with that, because most of them are pretty built. Hey! Only from Mm -hmm. the waist up, though. (laughs) (laughs) Are we saying that below the waist doesn't count now? You don't know how muscular their tail looks. I'm going to say, on my cheese knife, no, it doesn't. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Put it on a board. Or a trash can lid. I mean, that's a vibe. A shovel. Are we still talking about the mermaids? The plating. Oh, no. Now we're on plating. Oh. There's like a popular thing in the States called a garbage plate. And if you're not serving that on a garbage can lid, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. That's false advertising. For explanation. It's a lot of stuff and it's served all together. So like you choose like four things or whatever and it's served all touching all together. Oh god, that's your nightmare. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that your like worst nightmare? <laughs> it is. So, oh my god, it's touching. Yeah. It should It should be noted that I don't like my food to touch. <laughs> do you like do you like burritos? Yeah. Okay, so the whole point of a burrito is everything's touching. Well, it's a like a singular thing, you know. I was going to say, uh-huh. I think in her mind that's one food. Yeah. It's like a taco is one food. <laughs> He just plucked it from the taco bush. Well, you know, taco bushes are the best. We have like four out back. When, when, you're, when you're out foraging for your tacos. <laughs> Food trucks. So wait, is 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 a soft shell taco overripe? I think it's under. Oh, because it's soft. Oh, yeah. you're right. So it's, well, it could be either really. Yeah, I mean like because from a perspective, hard tacos are usually fried soft shells. So it's before you get to the hard taco. Yeah, but I think he meant like from a, a things that grow on trees. Mm-hmm. Fruit. Yeah, if you were picking it straight from the bush. We're sticking with bush. It's not a taco tree. It's a taco <laughs> bush. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it came into this conversation. That's how I was going to leave it. <laughs> and it's probably about time to leave it. Yeah, there's a whole trend as well. Just ridiculous plating from restaurants. They'll just put things on yeah. tree branches in shoes. It's just ridiculous. Is it a high heel? Can be. Because if so, I'm okay with that. But if we're talking like 
a sneaker that I have issues with. Or a welly. I have issues with shoes any or feet anyways, so. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not really onto, the, like, I'm not okay with the whole feet thing. This explains the mermaid love. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you don't even have feet. I do love it. They have no feet. Don't have an issue. I do like the fact that so many places have taken the trend of bringing it out basically in what they've cooked it in. Because really, from an eco-friendly standpoint, you don't have to wash another dish. If you're cooking it in a little tiny cast iron and it's like a one-plate meal kind of deal, that's fine to serve that in. Unless you accidentally grab the handle. Yes. They often don't put anything over the handle, which I, as like someone who's extremely spastic, that's not helpful. I was cooking bonokaku in one of the little mini individual cast irons Mm -hmm. that dad had given me because he, when I went to uni, he was like, you need to have this so that you can cook. That's a good present. And I was cooking that and I was not fully awake because it's, you know, probably before noon. And I reached into the oven without a hot mat to get it out and grab the cast iron handle. Luckily, I let go very quickly, mm-hmm. but yeah. That's not good. That was not fun. Do we have a recipe for banukaku? Because, like, it's just in our family just said that it exists, but, like, I haven't been able to find a recipe anywhere. It's really simple. I think different families have different ones. The one that the aunts always said was the one, I think it's the one grandma uses as well, and mom, is one cup of flour two cups of milk, three eggs, I believe. Mm. It goes by, I remember I was taught that the fewer letters the, is the higher number. And it literally is a one, two, three ratio. It's basically melt five sticks of butter in a pan and drizzle well, some yes. flour in it. Yeah. That's bunakaku. It's it's essentially um, sort of like a crepe batter, but you cook it in the oven and you heat the pan up with so much butter that you have a heart attack just looking at it. It comes out with pools of butter. It's delicious. It's delicious. I It hits me a lot like between a crepe and a frittata, but very sweet. Mm. Well, I usually pour syrup on it, so <laughs> that really helps. I've, I've seen some people say that they put sugar, but we never did at home. We just tended to put sugar on top. Mm-hmm. And dad used to make a version that he would put sliced apples and cinnamon on top. Mm. And I don't know how we got them to stay, but they would basically bake onto the top of it. I'll have to find out from him how he used to do it. But also they had one of those apple peelers that you crank and it peels and slices, like the spiralizer type thing. I things. love those. Yeah. I live for those. I mean, I know they make them now for like zoodles or whatever you call them in your We've household. We've got one for a zoodle, yeah. But there's just nothing that beats the crank. Just sitting there at the table no. cranking away for apple pie. We have one... Because living in a flat, obviously, kitchen space is a bit of an issue. We have one that's a small handheld, and you literally just stick the vegetable on it and then turn the little... It's like a lid with claws in it to hold the vegetable in place, Mm -hmm. and then you just turn that. So you can make zoodles that way, but it wouldn't work for an apple. This would make the apples really thin and peel them at the same time, and you get that like long peel, so you could eat... We used to eat the peels while... Dad was cooking best. I love the peels. I, I've never cut a peel off of an apple before. No. Because I love peels. Not a fan. Hmm? I'll eat the peel if it's sliced or whole with the, you know, skin still on, but I'm more about the flesh. 
you like the corners of brownies. Yeah, because they're crispy and slightly yeah, sharp. Yeah, well, that's, so the, that's the peel of an apple is. No, it's like waxy and weird. Are you picking your apples or are you getting them for the grocery store? I pick them from the local. From the local grocery the local, store. <laughs> my local greengrocer only. Sorry, I only live that farm to table life for my apples. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I will eat the peel or the skin, whatever it is on the apple, quite fine. But I'm just saying, it doesn't float my boat the way you guys are saying. I don't know. There's just something. Also, it's like shoestring fries, where it's just really satisfying yeah. because it's tiny and skinny. Can we just talk about the food body image that we're telling over here with thin and crispy or whatever you said? <laughs> hey. Someone think of the orchards. Thick cut fries, also very delicious. So would I, I will take fries anyway. Well, we, we know I have strong feelings on this topic. On your potatoes? No, particularly on my fries. What are your feelings about fries? I don't like thick cut and I don't like crispy fries. They should be thin and soggy. <laughs> They you should, know when you can ring when you, a, should, you, when you, you can ring pick, one out. Oh my god! You should no. be able to pick the fry up and it droops over your finger a little. That's the best way. You can pinch it and you can get oil out of it. You can use that oil to fry up more fries. They're more watery than oily. <laughs> I'm horrified. Controversial. McDonald's has the best fast food fry on the market, and I know that's unpopular. Well, that's because they use beef. Well, the flavor I think is nice, but. I think most people don't like them because they can be very soggy. He likes how soggy they are. <laughs> but I like the soggy, which is odd. So those Five Guys fries are, like, too crispy for you? Here's the issue with Five Guys. At least in the UK, the fries used to be really, really good, and now they're not anymore. Oh, no. I don't know what has happened. Yeah. They're not but right. They're not. they're not cooked properly. Oh, dear. I think they're being lazy with the cooking. So, yeah, lately when we've gotten Five Guys, we've just gotten burgers. Wow. I, I mean, uh, personally, I like the peanuts that you get better than the fries. The peanuts are great. I'd love that they're just there. Yeah, I could take five bags home and just shove it all in there. I was going to say, this is the COVID has definitely put oh, a kibosh no, on the... Oh, yeah, that probably won't be there when... Oh, I was just thinking because you can't actually go into the store right now. But they're going to reopen soonish. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, they won't have them, will They've they? been doing takeaway, so basically you order outside or on their app, which their app is fantastic. Love that. It is so well done. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. It's, it's actually kind of fun to use their website, their their app, excuse me. It's really it's, yeah, fun. It's it's very intuitive. It's nice. Looks it's good. smooth. That's why I like Domino's, honestly. Their app is enjoyable and fun, and you can track your order, and like it's, it's a yeah. good time. Mm -hmm. Would return. Well, and then you go to pick it up, and they've basically got a burger bouncer standing outside, and <laughs> she's got a clipboard, and she, like, takes your name or, or your order number, and then gets you your stuff, brings it out to you. I love that. Is her name Barbara? Barbara the burger bouncer? Barbara, Bar Barbara the burger bouncer. It could be Bethany. Yeah. Or could Becky. Be really any beanie. Yeah. Becky burger bouncer. Babs the burger bouncer. Babs. Yeah, that's not a common one, though. No. It's a good name, though. <laughs> good name but how is so you're the thought about peanuts and the fact that it wouldn't be there anymore at least in my mind because people all grabbing the same thing mm -hmm. and sticking their hand in isn't a thing anymore i actually had a interesting experience i was visiting a city and they had a shop with oils but obviously it's a pandemic right now so you can't taste anything and i was like i just kind of have issues buying anything when i can't taste it first yeah 
Yeah. It was so many pretentious oils. There were like 50 in there. But I couldn't nail one down or bring it home with me because I couldn't taste it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Because you can't really buy all of them. At least not at once. And you're going to be usually putting quite a lot of money into that. Yeah. That was a reach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. But you're going to be putting a decent amount of money into that. Yeah. It's not like just going to the grocery store and getting, you know, deciding whether you're going to get the Greek or the Spanish or the Italian olive oil. You're putting a lot more into it. So it is harder. I prefer Spanish. I prefer Greek. I prefer Italian. (laughs) Well, (laughs) what if we mix them? Ooh. I I don't know. I find Spanish olive oil tends to be a lot more buttery. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Greek tends to have that sort of green olive sharpness. Which is strange. Well, it's just strange because I like... Which is strange because you really like the green olive. Yeah, the nice firm green That's what I like. I kind of like that, like, green freshness in my olive oil. I almost think Greek feels a little cold and Spanish feels a little warmer. I mean, if you're going like buttery versus tangy, that's very warm to cold. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And your Italian friends? It's kind of a good middle of the road. Yeah. I may be spoiled because I've lived there for four months for study abroad. Humble brag. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I remember when we were kids, one of our friends who had been an exchange student with us, his uncle had an olive farm. I remember getting like a huge metal jug of olive oil from them. I don't think I had olive oil till I moved out on my own when I was 21. Really? Yeah, it was just spray, butter spray. Also, mm. my parents have the, um, think, the olive oil, like the ceramic container that you can refill. Oh, I love those. They're gorgeous. So you can then buy it in the bigger bowl. Mm-hmm. Get rustic. Yeah. Beautiful. They're beautiful. That's the thing is I can't imagine life without oils. I always grew up with a bunch of different oils with different uses. Mm-hmm. So you have your virgin olive oil, you have your canola oil, and they have different uses. And now avocado oil, because that's a huge thing these days, because they all have different smoke points. Yep. Apparently, my father still refuses to cook with coconut oil. Good man. why it's so delicious i don't know i don't know mom was saying that he like refuses to cook with it so what did she say so he'll have heart disease and the rest of us will be fine (laughs) (laughs) well i've apparently eaten enough bacon to have shaved at least 70 years off my life expectancy if you're not eating bacon is it really a life worth living? I don't know. The last stat I read said that every piece of bacon you have shaved seven years off your life. So I'm going to live forever? Well, this backfired. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that you don't like bacon. I keep trying to force myself to get into bacon because everyone else loves it, but it just never it never hits right. It's not an enjoyable experience for me, so like, why put it into my body? Well, that's very hipster of you to force yourself to enjoy see, a trend. You like <laughs> you like sausages and such. Yes. I'm not as big a sausage fan myself. If you don't like the bacon, you don't like the bacon. It's okay. But I grew up with sausage. We were not allowed to have a vegetarian meal because it'd be like pasta with ricotta and spinach with a side of sausage. We would have a lot of sausage as a breakfast meat option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On a a holiday, it'd be bacon and sausage. Yes. It was usually the patties or the little small links. But I've just never been a huge sausage fan. I don't mind it. I really like boar sausage, 
and venison sausage. Okay, yeah. And the occasional pork sausage, depending on what the flavorings are. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's meat encasing, because I really like haggis. I'm just not a sausage person. I don't get as excited. The thing is, is if you're talking basic sausages, they aren't that exciting, but you can put anything into those. I've had a delightful sheep, apple, and was it rosemary? It was some kind of herb together in a sausage link, and that was fabulous. That sounds really good. To be fair, that was farm to table. We we got that at a farm. That's the thing, too. I think if I'm going to get sausage, the best sausage I've had usually comes from a farmer's market Mm -hmm. or the butcher or something like that. The sausage that you tend to get at the regular grocery store just doesn't pack the same bunch. No, it doesn't. One of my favorite places to have sausage is the Maybach Fest at Sly Fox, which is a local brewery. They have a goat race every May, and the name of the winning goat becomes the name of the beer. So Princess Jenny was two years in a row. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have all the worst kinds of sausages. <laughs> all, the, del- all the worst worst. All, all <laughs> the, the best worst. worst. <laughs> For my mother's 50th. Dad decided that he was going to do a surprise party and he wanted to do an Oktoberfest theme. He wanted to surprise your mother? Yeah, that went about as well as you can expect. For our listeners, my mother is not a surprise person. She likes to know and she likes to plan. And so she apparently accidentally saw somebody coming up to the house with a birthday gift and tried to turn around and leave. (laughs) So her friend had to escort her back to the house. But he went to this special German butcher and just bought every crazy sausage he could find, as well as a few haunches of meat. It was a good time. just went to town. Oh, yeah, it was delicious. That sounds amazing. Was there a vegetarian option at all at the party? There weren't any in attendance, (laughs) but like usually there's something, right? Oh, I'm not sure my father and vegetarian option go in the same sentence. Our fathers are very alike in that. Uh, The research department has found a little leftover money in the slush fund and has done some research on bacon sausage, and it does exist. Oh, all right. There are two types, apparently, chipotle cilantro and bell pepper and onion. Hmm. They take it by taking the bacon ends from pork bacon and then grinding it up into a sausage meat. Okay, I guess I could see that. I mean, sausage is basically the leftovers anyways. Yeah. They don't use too much pink salt, so we know we're on the right trend. Um... (laughs) And apparently they also use celery powder and cherry juice. Cherry juice? Yes, yes. Interesting. That's very interesting. Thinking about it now, I think cherry juice would go wonderfully with bacon. Speaking of cherry juice, I still have some in the fridge. I haven't tried it yet. Some. Then the whole bottle. Yeah. I love cherry juice. It's just a little bottle. I bought a little bottle of sour cherry juice the other day. But I bought that and I bought the kombucha cola. Okay. And I wanted to try the cola first. That's something I didn't think would exist, but makes sense. It was really good. Heritage Avocado Toast did not enjoy it. No. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't begrudge you for your mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) My dad always keeps sour cherry juice in the house because one, no sugar, which is great. And two, fabulous for cocktails. Mm. Oh, yeah. My mother likes it. She drinks it because it's supposed to have good health benefits. Mm-hmm. And then apparently my nephew really likes it as well Aww. because he's not really into sweet things. We can't all be sweet people. He likes marzipan. He does like marzipan, but he kind of has old man taste. Marzipan and cherry juice. He really <laughs> likes, yeah, he likes the sour cherry juice. He likes marzipan. He likes Christmas pudding. He likes really strong cheeses. 
It doesn't have little kid taste. Mom did say that the sour cherry juice is really good with seltzer. I just, in my head, see the Polar logo, because that used to be the like super mm-hmm. popular one here. Up in Connecticut, we would go and we would buy cases of their cranberry lime. Yep. Yeah, I'd never had it until we went to Connecticut. Polar birch beer also. I miss Polar's birch beer. I mean, I miss birch beer in general. That was one of the first things I grabbed when I came back was birch beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do miss birch beer. We requested it once. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, your parents brought it over. Yeah, brought some over. A couple things you just can't find and sometimes you want. No, you can find sarsaparilla and some root beers here, but birch beer just still isn't really a thing. Yeah, they're all completely different. Yeah. And quite frankly, you can't get birch beer everywhere in the States either. It's very much a Pennsylvania no. thing. Well, Polar's Northern. Polar's New England. Mm-hmm. You can get birch water here, but you can't get birch beer. Or birch wine. This could become a running thing. No. <laughs> the day you guys find it will be quite the celebration. Oh, it's going to be a party. Speaking of running themes, we've strayed a fair bit from our made-up agenda. I like, to, I like to bring the conversation a little back to oils, mm-hmm. because we haven't talked about the elephant in the room, and that is truffle oil. Truffle, I think, needs no introduction and no explanation as to why it's on the hipster scale. But truffle oil, a lot of people get their bee in a bonnet, because they're like, oh, I can't believe you've gone out and gotten truffle oil. Well, you can buy a moderately priced truffle oil, and it's going to last you a long time because you don't use it like you do olive or canola. You don't use it in large quantities. You no, just a little it's bit. too strong for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one bottle will last you half a year, a year, because you're using it for the flavor. You're not using it for cooking. You can, but I wouldn't. Well, and I find that with a lot of different oils and stuff like that is they look expensive, but you're not using that avocado oil all in one go. That's the thing. If you're going to do something fried or... Deep fried? Yeah. Yeah. Anything like that. You're going to be using like a sunflower oil or a vegetable oil or rapeseed oil or something like that. But you're not getting the fancy olive oil, the truffle oil, the avocado oil, those types of oils. You're not really doing a big deep fry in those. You can. You can. But for the most part, you're probably not. I mean, avos and... um... (laughs) <laughs> that sounded stupid. Avocado oil <laughs> has a very, very high smoke point, which is why it's really, really nice to cook with. It's really good for making potato chips, like crisps. Mm. I've had some very good crisps with avocado oil. When did you have this? You had them with me. What? When we were in Denver. Denver? Yeah. Are we talking chips It was the Himalayan crisps. Yeah. It was the avocado oil with Himalayan salt. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I do appreciate how you seem to pick up the weirdest chips. If they're in store and you find a weird crisp flavor, you immediately need to take it home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely going to try it. If it's weird, I will eat it. They're usually all at least passable, to be fair. I'm not a big basic salted crisp fan unless it's a kettle crisp. Kettle cooked. I live for. I think plain Pringles are okay, but it's debatable as to whether that counts as a chip. I think they don't attract VAT in the UK because they're not enough of potato products <laughs> yeah. to qualify for some. Yeah, there's some weird, like, they went to court over it and, yeah. When it comes to potatoes, the more potato there is, the happier I am. Mm-hmm. And crisp is not a lot of potato. It's not. But if it's a weird flavor, I will get it. And the Himalayan salt with avocado oil was not necessarily a weird flavor. It was the fact that it was done in the avocado oil that I wanted to try. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a regular chip that decided to become pretentious. Sometimes making your food pretentious is more about the ingredients list mm-hmm. than it is about the final product. Yeah, 
you could make the world's most basic food. Let's say you're making a grilled cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. And you could do it with Wonder Bread and American cheese. Mm-hmm. And that would be fine. Or you could do that with sourdough toast and goat's gouda. Yep. And then fry it in... Fry it in an avocado oil. Yeah. Or like clarified butter. Yeah. No mayonnaise. No mayonnaise. <laughs> no mayonnaise. No mayonnaise. Well, as far as regular food that you can make pretentious, shameless plug for the blog, you did the no cow's milk mac and cheese. It's not up on the blog yet. Oh, well. The hipster mac and cheese. <clears throat> as a preview <laughs> as a for preview. the blog. Preview. Upcoming. Upcoming well, attraction. Let's see if it goes up as part of this. Ooh. So maybe our hipster mac and cheese, which was a goat's milk mac and cheese. Don't give everything away. You have to tease a little. Okay. Then they have to read the article. The noodles weren't normal either. Tune <laughs> in next time. <laughs> that sounded so sexual. <laughs> Oh, I've made it creepy again. (laughs) When do we not? Very true. But I would agree with what Heritage Avocado Toast is saying about the truffle oil being something that tends to get a bit of a bad rap because it's seen as pretentious. But it is an easy one to just have in your cupboard when you want to just fancy up your food a little bit. Very strong, so you don't need a lot. Yeah. So strong, in fact, that when you use it, the rest of the house can smell that you're (laughs) using it. Yep. No mistaking it. You're like, ah, someone's used truffle oil. Yep. And it tends to be an olive oil base. So you can throw a little bit of that in with your extra virgin olive oil to make it go a little bit farther. You can also get truffle salt, but that's not usually as strong as a truffle oil. I agree. It's like a hint of truffle. Yeah. Whereas the truffle oil is like, hello, I'm truffle. It's a punch in the face of truffle. (laughs) Who doesn't want to get punched in the face by a truffle? I'm not picturing that. <laughs> Dream big. <laughs> is it in boxing gloves? Is the truffle? I'm seeing a merch possibility arms? here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes, it has boxing gloves. <laughs> it's like standing there. It's little sneakers with the boxing gloves just hitting you in the face. We're going to have to talk to our graphic designer. And I'm not sure if I can disclose his name yet. I have to check with him before we're allowed to. Maybe he needs a hipster handle. I think he needs a hipster handle as well. I'll have to ask him what he wants his hipster handle to be. Mm-hmm. Truffy the boxing truffle. <laughs> I think. I was thinking about it for a while, and if I don't get it out. <laughs> yeah. Boxing name. A boxing truffle. I think. I feel like we've gotten off topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of salts, because it's not just truffle salt that you can use to make your food that little bit more pretentious. I mean... Pink Himalayan. So many other salts. Yeah, pink Himalayas just, I mean, you bought the crisps because they had pink Himalayan on there. And we are out at the moment, but tend to have a cracker of pink Himalayan salt. Oh, so good. And sometimes it's nice to have different types of salt. Yeah. There are different levels of salt, even like a kosher versus a regular table salt. Those have distinctly different tastes. Mm -hmm. And then you have different sizes of grain. We tend to use Malden sea salt, which I know is considered quite pretentious. It's delicious, though. And I find I use less of it. Yeah, it lasts a while. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably better because, honestly, so many things have such a high level of salt, as I can attest to tonight, because we had takeaway and I've had like five glasses of water now. (laughs) (laughs) I've never tried their smoked salt. I would really like to. That sounds delightful. I love Everything smoked. Fair. But before we moved on to smoke things, there is one last salt, which is black salt. Ooh. And that is a cruelly overlooked salt. It really is. 
is essentially a sort of a charcoal salt, but it just, it's a completely different flavor palette than your sea salt or your Himalayan salt. And that's, I think once you get to, you get used to these things and you really let your pretentious flag fly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you'll start to see the differences and then you'll have your uses for each different salt or each different oil. Most of the time, it's one of those things that you start collecting over time, but it really Mm -hmm. does make a difference. Part of the reason I pop my own popcorn always is because of salt levels. From the bag, I can't choose. I can't choose which kind of salt. If I want the black salt or the Himalayan, Mm -hmm. I I can choose that. You can't control the oil. You can't control the salt. Mm -hmm. It's true. And I think, too, you start to build a cabinet of these things. So you have your different weird ingredients. We have our spice cabinet, which our spice cabinets just become a hazard. It's gotten better since we pulled half of the containment <laughs> and keep onto, on the, the counter. onto the counter. <laughs> it's really freed up real estate within the cabinet and made it much easier to find things. Yeah. So if you get something for a certain recipe, a lot of these things are non-perishable. So they just they go into the cabinet and you start to build them up. So we've got our spice cabinet. We've got different salts. We've got a few different peppers. We've got our sauces cabinet where we've got things like pomegranate molasses and our date syrup and things like that that are just fun little touches that you can add to a meal to really jazz it up and make it more pretentious. And I mean, as soon as you throw something like date syrup in there, that's immediately a hashtag on Instagram. You know, you're you know, that's getting posted. Look, date date syrup is not just for Friday nights. Date syrup with a Greek yogurt and some fruit or some nuts mm-hmm. makes a really delicious breakfast. That sounds delightful. I mean, it's, you know, it's a sweetener, but a lot like how some of the salts, because of their flavor, you use less of them. I find I don't use as much sugar mm-hmm. when I'm using something like a date syrup because you've got that date flavor. Yep. So you're just not using as much because it would overpower everything. Well, and it's one of those things that would taste amazing in oatmeal because a lot of people put dates in their oatmeal anyways. And mm-hmm. if it's yeah. stopping me from using, not that I would ever use corn syrup, let's be honest, but an overabundance of honey, mm-hmm. I'd rather just do that, switch it up. I don't need as much. Yeah. It's there for the flavor. Yeah. Yep. Only manuka honey though, of course. Oh, so good. I don't know why it's different. It just is. And it's delicious. You have to leave the store with an armed guard to get it past security. Yeah, I am really partial to the sort of single flower honeys. Mm-hmm. Heather honey is my favorite. I love Heather honey. Especially yeah. um, a hard set. Oh. On a bit of toast. Mm-hmm. You don't want any of that bee, bee mingling, no. Gotta keep it, keep, it, keep it straight. I mean, I love a good clover honey. It's like not as florally. It's kind of mm-hmm. almost grassy. But in a very delicious way. I mean, I know there are some people who are very against honey, but I would rather encourage more people keeping bees if they see honey as a viable market. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm all for it to anything that's associated. So the butter that we buy, their whole thing is having the pastures, but then also keeping a certain amount of their land as wildflowers mm-hmm. for bees and insects. I thought... I thought honey from whales came from sheep. Wait, the honey from whales? What? Because all they have is sheep in whales. Oh. Yeah. Uh, 
But honey comes from bees. Yeah, I know that, but the, the <laughs> joke is that all they have is sheep, so their honey comes from sheep. Okay, I heard the joke, and I got it, and it just, it didn't hit. Yeah, that, that landed somewhere very far away. <laughs> 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 I think it's, I think. Well, I use my black salt instead of pepper. There, it just landed. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, Gina Davis. But there's now a pepper. There's also lots of different kinds of pepper, and that has different uses as well. Yep. And we're not talking red peppers as, or bell peppers or hot peppers. No. I mean, peppercorns. Yep. And I'm fussy about sizing for different things as well. That could be the name of our debut album. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I think that's an explicit content album for sure. Yeah. Well, at least that one didn't land on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue with your peppers. But yeah, there's certain things that need a bigger grind and things that need a more finely ground pepper. <laughs> it's too easy. It's too easy. <clears throat> I agree. Like you need the fine ground for baking recipe or anything like that. And if it's a serving or like a steak or a pasta, I tend to like a, a coarser grind. Mm-hmm. Coarser. That's the word I was looking for. That's what you were looking for. Caution on the the pepper. This isn't pretentious, just more of a public service announcement. When you're making scrambled eggs, if you want to add pepper, you're supposed to add it near the end of the process so they don't turn gray. However, you could use black pepper, larger grain coarseness. That tends to be more bang for your buck when you bite into it. But if you go for the finely ground stuff, it's very easy to accidentally over pepper and then you ruin the whole batch. That is true. I don't know what the moral of the story is. It's just a word of caution. Mind your pepper. Mind your pepper. Mind your spices. I think and your salt. I think it's very easy in scrambled eggs to Mm -hmm. over-season. Yeah. All of mine lately have been the anything but the bagel spice. I just toss it on there. It's just delicious. We need this spice. Yeah. What were you saying before the everything but bagel? We were talking about scrambled eggs, Mm -hmm. coarse pepper, Mm -hmm. fresh cracked pepper. Another thing that goes very- pepper. White pepper. I'm not as big a fan as the ra- of the rainbow peppers. Rainbow peppers, I find, are really good in stews or roast meats. Mm-hmm. Anything where you're throwing the peppercorns in whole. Yep. I find rainbow peppercorns better than black peppercorns. And then white pepper is a cruelly overlooked pepper. It is. White pepper goes in so many things and it is underappreciated. Absolutely. Top tip. By white pepper. It's excellent in stuffings. Yeah. Stuffing's so versatile. It is. You can throw anything in it and it's still tasty. And it makes the meal feel more festive. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you feel like you've put more effort in. It's a party in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, dear. (laughs) I can't be trusted. (laughs) Oh, I do have a note here back on sauces to make sure it's pretentious. Artisan. Artisanal anything is just pretentious. Mm-hmm. Ketchup. Artisanal. Barbecue sauce. Artisanal. <laughs> <laughs> Brown sauce. I don't think we actually know what the word artisanal means anymore. I, it is definitely overused. It is. 
It's just a thing. We just tried a new barbecue sauce, Carolina-style artisanal Ooh. barbecue sauce. I love Carolina. I mean, Carolina's a lot sweeter if you're into that. Well, the way this one is, it's very heavy in the mustard department. Mm-hmm. Um, and not so much in the sweet. So I actually really like it. Nice. It's that definite like mustard up your nose type of feeling. All things should just clear out my sinuses. It's what I aim for in a food. <laughs> <laughs> if I breathe clearer afterwards, it was a good meal. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a trend called shower beer or shower wine, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And a shower usually, if it's if it's a hot shower, will help cleanse out the upper respiratory system. So what if you have spicy food in the shower? I was wondering where you were going with this. I thought maybe you were heading towards like shower mustard. Well, okay, fine. Shower mustard, that works too. Shower wasabi. Should we make shower mustard a trend? We could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Made by uh, the hipster down the street. <laughs> Hashtag shower mustard. <laughs> Hashtag shower mustard. <laughs> also, I've never gotten shower wine to work because it's just so open. Like, for shower beer, you take yeah. the bottle in with you so that it's less surface area for water to get in. Wait, you're supposed to pour the wine into a glass? Oh. You're not meant to drink straight from the bottle. Shoot. I've been doing it wrong. I mean, you can. Well, that's... <laughs> explains so much. <laughs> we, need a, we need a name for the shower mustard, though. Because the tagline can be the mustard you shower with. Oh, are we making a mustard? I was just going to try to get shower mustard trending. Well, okay, we could take mustard into the shower and take a suitably, what is not politically correct? Um, PG. Thank you. Picture. I mean, it, it's a vibe. It is. I've never actually done shower wine, but I do bath wine. Mm-hmm. I've done bath wine. It's an experience. We have on our list of topics to talk about in the future, things like self-care, and I'm sure we're going to have a bath or something. But just quickly, I've never really gotten the whole reading while in the bathtub thing. No, I've tried it. My hands get wet. Are you, is your like thing protected? I have no idea. So I think that because this is something we're probably going to talk about, I'm going to throw out there that we're going to look into this. Mm -hmm. But if anyone knows or can explain to us how it is you read in the tub, shout out. Drop a comment, message us, go on the Instagram. Please, we actually want to know. Yeah, I legitimately want to know because I feel like that is a prime opportunity to get in magazine or novel reading mm -hmm. while relaxing. And I've just never been able to figure it out. So I've done that thing where I get something, I get my magazines together or whatever, and I get my bath and I get in and then I just stare at them sitting next to the tub because I don't want to get them wet. I've done it before, and it required a lot of me reaching out of the tub to dry my hand off. Yeah. So please, listeners, let us know. If you read in the tub, how do you do it? And we'll we'll get back to this in a future podcast. A waterproof phone is not an acceptable answer. I'm talking about something with pages. Kindle or something or a waterproof phone doesn't really count because what I've ended up doing is I actually turn on like a K-drama or something on my tablet and put that off to the side. That's fair. I'm sort of reading because I'm reading the subtitles. Well, that's the problem I've been having lately is I'm trying to do things while I'm doing other things mm -hmm. and I can't watch anything subtitled. So all my K-dramas have been put on the back burner because I can't sew and watch a K-drama without putting a needle through my hand. Yep. Which happens anyways, 
Like, I'm gonna be honest, I end up bleeding a lot with pins stuck in my hand, but... But it happens less when you're paying attention. <laughs> it happens less. It happens more when you're in the shower? I'm very confused. Well, then it just washes the blood away. Well, I suppose that's true. I'm not usually sewing in the bath. Uh, well, if we're gonna do shower beer, we may as well do shower crochet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wool is quick dry, right? We're good. Maybe that's what we need after we've tackled how to read in the bath. We'll tackle how to crochet in the bath. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> um, but that is not food. No. Nor is it Well, I'd say I it's think probably shower, pretentious. Shower crocheting <laughs> as a sporting event is probably a little pretentious. But where did we leave off on the food? Oh, we haven't talked about, like, what well, we we briefly touched on bread. Uh Crustic and rustic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unpopular opinion. Sourdough is not pretentious anymore. No, it's not. No, that ship sailed. That That's not an unpopular opinion. That's that's just fact. Do you still have your own starter in your home? Nobody cares anymore. It's over. Well, it's that company in LA that will come and watch your starter for you while you're on holiday cares. <laughs> I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad business idea. No, I, I think there's, there's definitely a market for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if once we all come out of lockdown, if business will pick up for them. Because I do wonder how many people will continue with their sourdough starters once they get back to their regular They're life. They're all getting trashed. Yeah, I think so. It's not. It's like banana bread. It's going to get tossed out the window. It's like No, I think what you mean is it's like those bananas that you put aside to make banana bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, they just stay in the freezer for years and yeah, years? Yeah, the bananas that have gone too far, so you're just going to make banana bread out of them, but you haven't gotten around to it yet. So you put them aside and they get a little bit worse, and then you say, mm, but I was going to make banana bread out of these. So then you put them into the fridge, and then they get in the way, and you say, yeah, but I was going to make banana bread out of these. So then you take the peels off them, and you stick them in a bag, and you put them in the freezer, and then half a year later, you're going through the freezer, and you find a bag of something, and you can't quite remember what it was. It's been more than a half a year. They're still in there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're next to the ground courgette as well. Well, courgette bread is wonderful, and I don't think it's something that is too popular. But yeah, it's great, and it goes wonderfully with um, cream cheese, the spread. Butter for the banana bread, I would say, but cream Cream cheese cheese spread for for the courgette. It's banana bread's pretentious cousin. Yeah, if banana bread is too basic for you, courgette bread. They're kind of like can also be found on the blog. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> it's kind of like the brothers in in any K drama. There's like the sweet, straight laced, nice one, and then the slightly edgier, edging on bad boy one. Like so banana and courgette. You're trying to say that courgette is a bad boy. More so than the banana. I think courgette. I think I think no K drama male lead is truly a bad guy. No, no. I think courgette yeah. bread's a hipster. Yeah. Banana bread rides a bicycle to work. Courgette bread rides a penny farthing to work. (laughs) Yes. Research team is looking up penny farthing. (laughs) I just tried to fetchingly toss my hair, but the headphones are not allowing me to do that. The research department has just double checked um, and and then went, oh, yes, that. (laughs) (laughs) So the top search results for people also ask. Why was it called a penny farthing? Are penny farthings dangerous? And what was the point of a penny farthing? <laughs> <laughs> Pretension. Pre- being pretentious is not new. How penny farthing would you go? <laughs> I think I smell garlic bread. 
Now, I assume that this, is this a, a homemade garlic bread that's happening? I haven't the foggiest your... idea. I haven't been downstairs. Um, okay. And I don't have, oh wait, I may have a text about what it is. <laughs> Super Make curious. Make sure they chop some parsley and sprinkle it I was going to say, so are they going to be finishing it with any sort of an herb? Probably. I'm hoping it's not cilantro. Well, it doesn't have green flecks. It's not finished. Well, that's true. That would be a problem. Soapy. See, I like cilantro, but so many people do find it soapy. Apparently, it's a gene. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Mm -hmm. I find it delicious. Yeah, it's one of those things I'm always embarrassed to admit to as well. That's fine, too. It's it's not uncommon, uncommon. Yeah, I, I think it's quite common. Well, when I was staying at my dad's, I had cilantro for like a year before I admitted it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the kind of soapy, like, it's going to ruin your meal, so I would say something. I think at this point, cilantro is too mainstream. Mm-hmm. It gets used. Oh, yeah, I prefer coriander. It gets used in too many things. <laughs> oh, dear. Parsley is basically a pair of Ugg boots. It's the basic part of the world. There are so many underappreciated green herbs out there that you can use to season or finish a food. So just like back away from the parsley, back away from the cilantro. Introduce yourself to marjoram. Tarragon. Yeah. Different types of thyme. Yeah. All the different types of thyme. Different types of mint. I have a small mint obsession. Different types of basil. Yeah, different types of basil. Ugh. Just branch out. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to... To... to yeah. Find you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we can't see. So we have our, our, pic- our picture is the recording, and so we only see you. Hipstercast made an appearance <laughs> right on my shoulder in the middle of the podcast. Hey, buddy. That's a very nice podcast you have there. <laughs> you look cozy. But what was I, back to soapy things, what, what, what was I saying the other day that I found soapy like cilantro? Um, oh, yeah, there was something else that you found. Yeah, it was It'll something. come to you in the middle of the night. It's usually when things come to me. Like the ghost of Jacob Marley? Or the ghost of Bob Marley? The ghost of Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I have so much trouble remembering that there's only one Marley because of the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's Jacob and Robert. Yeah, I, it's I don't... so true. Wait, do you mm-hmm. think, is Robert a play on Bob Marley, you think? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Probably. They would. <laughs> Never thought of it like that, but maybe. maybe yeah, we because just I don't actually know what Statler and Waldorf's first names are supposed to be. Yeah, I have no idea. Ugh, I love the Muppets. I think they are just Statler and Waldorf. Oh, I remember where I was going. Smoking things. You do love anything smoked. That, that kind of smoking. Yes. <laughs> But that's probably better left for another episode, as I think we could say a lot about different things that are smoked. And we're probably out of time. Sign off? Sure. Well, thank you for joining us to talk about pretentious food and many other topics. Please follow us. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. Last shameless plug. Head over to the blog for more content at www.hipsteratome.co.uk. We'll see you next time. Bye now. Bye.